1: Your team every day.
2: Welcome, welcome. What's up, DC? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with SB Nations Bullets Forever writer Ben Mehich and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We cover the team, we're your hosts, and you're now Lockdown Wizards. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. We have a great show ahead of us. Ben and I have a ton to get into. Wizards and Sons just wrapped up. There's big questions surrounding Russell Westbrook's current quad injury. Scott Brooks has been experimenting with new rotations and the Washington Wizards continue to prove that they are one of the best offensive teams in the league, even without some of their leading scorers. First, we'd like to thank all of you out there for tuning into Lockdown Wizards, wherever you may be. We hope your week has started off in the best possible way, and we hope you're ready to hear everything you need to know about Wizards hoops. Benja, my friend, last show you were singing some of my favorite tunes, the beautiful Whitney Houston. Usually when I hear Whitney, it's always happy vibes and good times, but you were singing the gospel like we were at a funeral. I'm guessing tonight you're going to be much more optimistic. The Phoenix Suns fall to the Washington Wizards 128 to 107 tonight. Washington improves to three and eight. NBA power rankings had the Suns at number two, only following the Lakers before their loss to the Wizards tonight. Ben... Give the District of Columbia and everyone out there listening your thoughts on this on this win and if this changes your mindset on the season.
3: I thought Chris Paul was going to laugh his way to a 30-point win today. I, I pictured the Suns watching uh game film of the Wizards before the game and being like, all right, we're going to just waltz in here and absolutely destroy this team because they're one of the worst defensive teams ever. Right. But you know what? When players go down, when Thomas Bryant went down, Robin Lopez, Mo Wagner, they were asked to step up. Other players were asked to carry the load, pick up their defensive intensity, pick up their energy. And we saw that really in this game, and they dominated. This is their first dominant win. I'm I, Not to take away anything from their Minnesota win, but Carl Towns was out. That was a battered Minnesota team, and, and the Wizards took care of business. But the Suns were pretty much in full strength here. Devin Booker was playing. Chris Paul was playing. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was playing. Yet the Wizards really swept the floor with them. I mean, I was amazed to see uh, the, the energy they played with, the the intensity they played with. Davis Bertans came in and finally looked like himself, his best game of the season, hit six threes off the bench. Garrison Matthews continued to do what he does. They got consistent minutes from Robin Lopez, a double-double from him. Yeah. So all-in-all all, fantastic win for this team. I think, without a doubt, they're the best win uh, of the three that they've had this year. And given that the schedule is going to start loosening up, I think it's obviously much-needed momentum that they needed.
2: Right, huge win. The Wizards shot fifty-two over fifty-two percent from the floor overall, over forty-four percent from three overall. Great, great night shooting. They were in control the entire game. And the Suns, fourteen, oh, you know, almost fifteen percent from three. They shot four for twenty-seven from three. They shot under fifty percent from the floor overall. Ben, did they just have a cold shooting night, or? Did the Wizards surprise us defensively?
3: I think it was probably a little bit of a mix of both. In today's league, rarely will you find a team that just has a bad shooting night because literally everybody on the court can shoot, and you're not going to get open misses very often in today's league. But yeah, they did a very good job contesting shots, and they didn't switch as, as often, which I noticed a um, it's hard to get stops when you're constantly mismatched uh, as they've been in, in previous games where they're switching and then you have a big on a small. And if you did that and in, in, in against the Phoenix suns, when you have Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul, you would have been toast, but they didn't do that. They fought through screens. Garrison Matthews I think has been tremendous off the bench more so for than his shooting, but for his defense, the way he fights through screens, uh, the way he contests shots, uh, the ball deflections, all of that, those small movements that he makes defensively make a huge difference. And I thought Robin Lopez did a very good job on DeAndre and I was worried about that matchup. Aiton is one of the best young centers in the league. He's obviously a lot quicker than, than Robin Lopez. So I thought that could have spelled trouble for Robin, but he held his own 11 points, 11 rebounds, um, looks steady defensively, probably his best game of the season too. So I think now that they're I think there is something to be said that they're playing into game shape, especially with a guy like Davis Burton. So I think you're, you're finally starting to see the level with which each of these players can play. I'm not sure if it'll carry over to significant wins in the future, but Obviously a work tonight and, and, I, and I think the Wizards as we as we've come to know is they're going to be competitive, I, I don't think you'll see this team. Um, I, I don't know if you'll see them win very many games, but they won't get blown out in very many games and every now and then you'll see them beat a team like Phoenix like you said they were top the power rankings before. Uh, the game in Washington and the Wizards didn't seem intimidated at all, and I, and I thought they did a fantastic job preparation wise.
2: Not at all, they did not seem intimidated whatsoever they kept the consistency throughout the entire game and right Robin Lopez and Mo Wagner. He, they, they both played great minutes, 22 minutes for Mo Wagner, 26 minutes for Robin Lopez. We kind of thought they were going to start switching, um, you know, the position, you know, up, up a bit after the loss of TB. And they, they played great in my mind. I love what I saw from them. I really love what I saw from, from everyone as a whole. Ben, Howell Neto and Ishmith tonight, you know, played some big minutes with, with Russell Westbrook out too. Um, You know, right. I mean, you know, Wizards were without Russell Westbrook without Thomas Bryant out there and, and they got a blowout win a great, great victory. And, and a lot of guys stepped up in your mind who stepped up the most that you, that maybe you didn't think who, you know, was going to step up, but you know,
3: Again, I, I think Davis Bertans. The way he started the season, um, he said he was at sixty, seventy percent a couple of weeks ago, and now that he's finally getting some time to find his rhythm and get into the game shape, he didn't touch a basketball for seven months. He didn't play in the bubble. Um, his agent advised him not to really play much um, when the season, you know, was postponed, and, and while the Wizards' bubble um, ended. So he wasn't playing very much basketball, and now he's finally finding a rhythm. And when he's shooting the ball he, the way he was, I mean, he can shoot from the parking lot. He, the guy, right. the guy's right. range is some of the best in the league. You can sense the swag the team plays with when Davis Bertons gets going. When he hits one of those deep threes, it carries over to their intensity defensively, too. They don't play lack, lack, lackluster D when Davis Bertons is hitting shots. I mean, he hits six of his nine three-point shots. That's the sort of Davis Bertans that the Wizards expected. That's where he got the 80 mil in the offseason. And I think that's the Bertans you'll see going forward. All these past games where he was missing open threes, those were so perplexing because he's, that's not the player he is. He's a top five shooter in the NBA on any given night without a doubt. And now you're seeing that. And he's, he's not getting open looks. Rarely does he get a clean look. And if he does get a clean look, it's from half court. And he's still hitting them. And that really carries over to the entire team. You saw Garrison Matthews hit some threes off the bench. Even Isak Bonga came in and hit a three. Like, the the spark that Davis Bertans gives him, I'm not sure can be replicated by anybody else, including Bradley Beal, because he can just rattle them off. You know what I mean? And Bradley is obviously a great three-point shooter. He's not the level of a shooter that Davos Bertans. And and that spark, I think, carries over to to everything that the team does. So I think Bertans was probably the key player in in, in the victory against Phoenix, for sure.
2: Right. And Scott Brooks, he touched on that after the game and said, you know, our our offense helped our defense in that way on how guys came off the bench and provided that spark. Like you said, Garrison Matthews came off, hit some big threes, even in the third quarter or I mean, I mean, I mean, the fourth quarter when they were still up by 26 points, Scott, he subbed Bradley in. Back end of the game, they're up. They're up almost thirty. Bradley's got thirty four on, on the night. They stepped him back in, but the Suns were on a on a nine one run so far. And Garrison Matthews came up big, hit a couple of big threes to put him over that thirty mark. And you know that was great seeing him down the stretch, seeing all these guys step up. Howl Neto, I mean, you know, Denny, he played twenty minutes. I, you know, I, I know he didn't. You know, we didn't see too much of you know him on the offensive end, but still grabbed five boards. And you know, he was really, really effective in there when when he was playing. He though he always comes in with with high intensity, but we didn't see Troy Brown, we didn't see Jerome Robinson, right? So Scott Brooks is still he's messing around with these lineups, and even in a blowout win, we're not seeing you know Troy Brown get random minutes tonight. We saw Cassius Winston get his first minutes, and you know, he put up one shot. We're still looking for his first NBA bucket, Cassius. We're rooting for you, and and yeah, you know. Isak Banga, it, w- it was so, so refreshing to see him in there um, to, you know, to 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 make some stops on the defensive end and, and to, you know, knock down the three for for the Wizards. Your guy, Anthony Gill, he got some minutes tonight. <laughs> I know not too many, not too many, but he, uh, you know, he got three minutes and um, he scored four, two rebounds um, for a guy, for a 28-year-old rookie, I guess, do <laughs> you think he's going to still continue getting minutes? Um, or do you I think... Mean- I think the
3: bigger story here is we gave a shout out to Cassius Winston, and Troy Brown Jr. got a DNP CD.
2: I know, I know. So, so I just wanted to give a shout out to Cassius, man. I'm a shout big out fan to of, Cassius. That's, big that's, fan of Cassius. A big fan of him in Michigan State. So I want you know, I, you know, he's he's fighting for he's fighting for his minutes right now. Troy Brown. That's on baby the other Kyle hand.
3: Lowry, man. That's baby oh, Kyle Lowry.
2: I like that. I like that comparison a lot. But Troy Brown, I, I think, this makes no sense to me. Why he gets no minutes right now? This makes absolutely no sense to me. Why he's why Scott Brooks is not playing around with a lot with, with random lines especially during a a blowout loss like this. Yeah, Man, do, there, do you, there, it was. Troy, do, do you see him playing more? Do, do you see them moving Troy Brown at all this season? And I think we'll talk to this uh,
3: about this um, <laughs> soon. Uh, Troy Brown's role on the team, and I think look the inevitable I think is going to happen they're going to make some sort of move whether it's a free agent signing they they just applied for a, um, an exception with Thomas Bryan's injury that they'll certainly be granted by the league um, they'll need a roster spot and I think they'll probably look for a trade uh, they'll do their due diligence there's no question Troy Brown's the odd man out here unfortunately I don't know what Scott Brooks was thinking you mentioned Bradley Beal he played 35 minutes the team was up by 30 and, he, and you mentioned the 9-1 run or whatever the Suns went on and they put Bradley. That's that's I'm sorry, that's borderline negligent. You can't I,
2: play I couldn't I couldn't believe it.
3: Bradley Beal is like I, I assume he's leading the league in minutes right now. He's carried the team, he's playing back to back, he's playing 40 minutes a night. You're up 30. This guy's your franchise player, right. the face of your team. There is no reason to play him, and then you have a guy like Troy Brown who's just waiting for minutes. Play right. play the guy in garbage time if that's the least you can do. You're playing Cassius Winston and Anthony Gill with all with all due respect to those players. Troy Brown Jr. has more of a future with the Washington Wizards if they want him to than those two players, yet he's relegated to the bench with a guy like Andres Pacinics, which with all due respect to him too. And he has no business being in the NBA right now, yet Troy Brown Jr. is sitting on the bench next to him who's shown flashes of being a very good player. He averaged 15 points, seven rebounds, five assists in, in the bubble and he started in the bubble and now he's just not playing it's just it's perplexing and I think honestly is as, as long as Scott every every coach has their guy the guy that they hate to play and the guy they love to play clear ish Smith is, is Scott Brooks guy that he loves to play right and Troy Brown, he's got the he's he's in the doghouse and we see this with that with every coach in the league with in every sport so unfortunately I think Troy Brown is um that guy for Scott Brooks for whatever reason
2: Right. And it's, it's so, it was so tough to see that because Brad, he did his job. They're up 30. He put up an amazing stat line and he's back out there. It, it made no sense. Your starting point guard is out right now with a quad entry. You just lost your starting center for the rest of the season. If, I mean, thank God, I mean, but, but in sports, in any sport, whenever you're out there that's always a risk injury is always a risk and when you're up 30 that just makes no sense to me and we're going to get in a lot more of that you know and in a lot more about the the win against phoenix and just issues surrounding what russell westbrook right now but i want to tell you guys about bet online are we ready for some football college football heads towards the national championship with a huge matchup nfl wild card round just finished up with the divisional round right around the corner there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code on for your 50% welcome bonus. The wildcard games are now behind us with the divisional round ahead. Will the Bills keep it rolling? Does Tom Brady have enough left in the tank for another Super Bowl run? Who's your pick? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Wizards fans. You're still locked on Wizards with Ben Mahesh and myself, Anthony Cidadino. Ben, we just saw another great win without Russell Westbrook on the floor due to a quad injury that will sideline him for about a week or more. We don't know. What are your initial thoughts on? another injury that this team has to work through and how this team played tonight while Russ, you know, was on the sideline rooting them on.
3: Yeah. I mean, er- earlier in our podcast, I think probably our second one that we recorded, I had mentioned, that I, I thought he was dealing with an injury. I'd heard rumors around, around his potential injury. And I wasn't surprised. You can just see the way he was playing. He was not, was not attacking the basket at all. He, he scored 135 points on 135 field goal attempts. For a player who was had a kind of notoriously inefficient, he was even more inefficient because he just refused to drive. And it was pretty clear. I don't think he had a dunk all season long. Granted, he's only played a few games for the Wizards, but the explosion wasn't there. You can tell he wasn't the same player. He was trying his best, and you could tell. He was impacting the game with his assists and rebounds, as he always does. But in terms of the explosive, Russell Westbrook, the one who drives to the basket, who gets contact, dunks on guys, highlight plays, that just wasn't the player the Wizards had. Which, which is kind of confusing to me because Scott Brooks said he had injured his, his quad in training camp. If he injured his quad in training camp, why is he playing? Like if his quad is hurt.
2: Why is he playing? He has, and, and why is he playing the most minutes he's ever played in his career?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the Wizards had restructured their entire front office. They added this medical staff, uh, Dr. Daniel Medina's there. Um, they seem to have a really good grasp on how to handle their players. They don't practice as much anymore. They're they're very concerned about the way they manage their players. And I think that's why they kind of get away with playing Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook more minutes because they really don't. I mean, they practice, but they don't practice at the same level as they once were because they're trying to obviously have a handle on um, uh, managing the load that they carry. But with Russell Westbrook, if he got hurt at training camp and you know he's banged up and he's playing like an injured player as we saw he was, why are you playing him? It just doesn't make – and now he's out a week of games, four games coming up, potentially more. He banged up his quad even more playing, according to Scott Brooks. Right. So you made an error. They they messed up. And, and the Wizards have done this in the past, but it's really inexcusable. If you knew he was hurt, he shouldn't be – he's 32 years old. There's no reason why you should put him at risk of further injuring himself because if you do tear your quad, God forbid, or something like that, that's a that's a really tough injury to overcome, especially a player his age who relies on his athleticism. So – Uh, I'm disappointed to see how they've handled the situation, to be honest with you.
2: Right. And we're seeing it every time he plays the majority of the shots he's taking, they're outside of the paint. And that's not the Russell Westbrook that we know, right? He, he gets to the basket at will. He's the most explosive player in the NBA and, 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 you know, or, or top two or top three, you know, to be argued the, the best, you know, the most explosive player in the league. And we're not seeing that this year. It's kind of a, I mean, I kind of like what you said before, you know, about him playing part-time basketball. Not only is he, is he not playing back-to-backs, he's not playing how he has played throughout his entire career. He's not getting to the rim. He's not slashing. He's, I, I really can't tell you a time that he's dunked yet so far. I don't think he has. It's really hard to see this because we all came in with this expectation of we're getting Russell Westbrook, you know, Russell Westbrook from last year. What he what average over 27, seven and seven alongside James Harden. Absolutely. You know, but you know, unreal numbers, which are great. Not a lot of people like Russell. And I know I bring that up a lot, but you know, he gets a lot of crap for how he plays and he's still doing, he's still putting numbers up just offensively. It's not the same. It's not, not the same at all. It really isn't, especially how he's shooting the ball. He's taking a lot of mid range. And he's not shooting too, too much from, from out, from outside, but he's shooting a a whole shot more than he shot last year from outside. So he's shooting more, you know, from three last year, he's shooting a lot from mid range. He's not getting to the cup. And that that's an issue, especially for, for, for what type of player that he is. I mean, that, I thought that we were going to get that. I I, I don't know about you, Ben, but I really thought that's what we, you know, the product we were going to get. I still think that Russell has that, in him but maybe maybe he has been hurt since training camp and maybe they're just trying to milk it until he's fully healthy this doesn't make sense to me at all why he's playing 30 set over 37 minutes a game the most he's ever played in his career and he's being sat for back-to-backs it makes no sense to to play this guy that much every game he's out there and then to sit him right you know random night so right now my confusion is is right where you are so i i i I, I don't know what the future holds for Russell.
3: It's, it's weird to me because the team, I, I remember at our first podcast, I, I, I joked about how the Wizards always have this announcement during training camp about this random injury that somebody has sustained and it just hits you like a ton of bricks because you're just like, how did no one say anything about this? And then it's just coming out of nowhere. Like, and this seems to be one of those things where if he, if he got injured in training camp and they concealed it and they just didn't think it was serious enough uh, to report on, Yet now there's now he's missing a game like a week of games because of the severity of the injury or the pain that he's been dealing with. It just seems like a poor handling of the situation. Not that's not to say that they've handled the injury poorly. I'm sure they've that he's gone through some sort of you know treatment or whatever on it, but it just. Uh, for transparency purpose, it would have been nice to know what's going on with them, especially when you're selling the fan base. This idea, like you said, you're getting a Russell Westbrook who, at 32 years old, is still one of the most explosive, the most athletic and dynamic players in the NBA. And you got rid of John Wall, and then you're watching Russell Westbrook play, and you're basically getting a version of Rajon Rondo, shout out who who's just rebounding and, and making plays and, and distributing the ball and not scoring. And that's not the player that they signed up for. That's not the player that the Wizards touted when they traded for him. So I think obviously in the future, it would be nice if they were more transparent or what have you, but you know, it, it happened in training camp. There's no reason why we should be finding out about this injury two weeks, three weeks into the season. It just doesn't make sense.
2: It doesn't make sense at all. And that's just the way it is. And that's just how they're going to roll for, throughout the rest of the season. You know, who knows when they'll tell us about what sort of injury and, and who's playing through what. But what we have seen are his backups, you Ben, Neto tonight against the Suns. I loved it. Ish Smith, I I'm also a big fan of Ish Smith out out there. I, I I love what he does. I know that you know we, we always talk about you know Scott Brooks and how much he loves Ish Smith. Probably compares him to him, to himself as a play. You know, I, when when he was a young player. What do you think about these two guys out there? They they've been playing super solid in my mind. I don't know. I, I don't it must know what be
3: you're so nice to have this is a luxury for Scott Brooks to have two very reliable backup point guards who you can play interchangeably and play spot minutes as starters and really not give up a ton like you can see how Neto and Ish Smith competently defend players like Chris Paul who are obviously elite level players and you're not giving up the same sort of um, mismatch that it ought to be if you were playing a regular backup right they're high level backup point guards I think Howell Neto has exceeded my expectations I don't know about you but I'm assuming most people covering the NBA even, they've heard of Hal Neto. Nobody was really buying stock in Hal Neto before this, right? Nobody was buying Hal Neto stock before he ended up in Washington. And he's shown to be a very reliable three-point shooter. He's a competent defender. He's very solid, very solid. And all he does, he, it's not like he's deficient in any area that you'd want a point guard to be in. And same with Ish Smith. Uh, he's a lot quicker than Howell Neto. He's probably not as great of a shooter. But he gives him that spark off the bench or whatever he's starting when he's on the court that mm-hmm. they sort of have when if Russell Westbrook was healthy in terms of the pace of the game. So you get sort of a yin and yang here where Hal Neto can play slowly and control the pace of the game. And then you have Ish Smith who can kind of give you that spark uh, and, and increase the pace of the game when he's on the court. So it's nice, I think for the wizards to have those two and, and going forward, it's not, I think the Russell Westbrook loss is obviously difficult to overcome, but having two competent point guards there, um, it's something that most, most, um, you know, coaches around the league can't say they have a lot of. A lot of teams have rookie backup point guards, or or maybe a a, a bad fit at backup point guard, what have you. But Scott Brooks, I think, is fortunate in that sense because he has two really, really solid point guards here.
2: I think we yeah. saw a lot of greatness from all the backups really tonight. I mean, Hollenetto, Ish Smith, Mo Wagner, you know, Robin Lopez. We saw a lot of productivity from everyone, and Ben howl netto he he has the green light to shoot when russ is out am I, am I i mean he it seems like scott brooks just you know he gives him that green light whenever
3: yeah he called him he said and, and when howl netto had one of those bad shooting nights which was on un, uncharacteristic form scott brooks said howl netto isn't a good shooter he's a great shooter right. and i've been right. around a lot of good shooters. And. and that's a that's a that's praise. I mean, Scott Brooks has been in the league for for a very long time. He's played himself. He's been in the NBA or played in it for decades now. And and to say that about a player like Howell Neto, I think is deserved play praise. And and shout out to Tommy Shepard here. When when the Wizards signed Howell Neto, I was kind of like, really? Like you ever have Ish Smith? Why him? Doesn't make sense. Yet it really has made sense. I mean, he's added some shooting to their to their bench, that, which they needed. And and I think he's a much better defender than than advertised. But you know what, Anthony, Hal Neto is a reliable player. You know what else is reliable? Harold the Honda. You know I love my Honda. I affectionately call him Harold. And Whenever I have issues with Harold, Anthony, I go to rockauto.com. And it's so reliable. It's low price. So why would I ever want to spend twice as much for the same parts when I can go to rockauto.com? I save money, and I also get the same wonderful parts that I always wanted. It's the best prices by the same professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you go there, write Locked On in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. All the parts you'll ever need and they're on rockauto.com.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles on Cade Cunningham, potential future wizard, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get podcasts. Anthony, welcome back. Welcome back, Lockdown Wizards listeners. So we talked last podcast about how the Wizards are going to overcome this Thomas Bryan injury. We saw Robin Lopez step up with 11 points, 11 rebounds. Mo Wagner did his thing off the bench as well, provided energy, hit a three point shot, but Anthony, we mentioned Troy Brown. And I want to get into this a little bit for the Wizards to Continue having success. I think they obviously need to solidify their front court a little bit more. And I apologize, Andres Pachznik is not the answer.
2: <laughs>
3: they might have to make a move, and I've been thinking about it. If you're not going to use Troy Brown, he is a trade chip. I think he's. They've obviously hurt his value a little bit just because they've been unwilling to play him at all. But I think he still has some value, and there are players around the league that are kind of interesting. And I hate to say this name, but I'm going to say it. Hassan Whiteside has always been kind of on my radar. Oh boy, he's, he's an He's an odd fit for any team in the league. Um, but we saw what he can do when he's engaged. And obviously, I'm saying this because he's rarely been engaged and his head is rarely in the game. But he's a super talent. He's a, he's a big shot blocker, but not the best defender, if that makes sense. P- pretty crazy to say that he led the league in blocks, but he wasn't one of the best defensive centers. But he right. has the potential to be when he's motivated and the efforts there. And for the Wizards, what do you have to lose? You're not playing a guy like Troy Brown. Hassan Whiteside would come in and immediately be your most talented center, probably start for you. He's an elite level rebounder and he's a lob threat. Why not? If you're is Hassan Whiteside a valuable replacement? Do you look for a free agent? If so, who do you look to? I mean, we mentioned Yan Mahinmi jokingly last podcast, but do you honestly? Not go a to joke.
2: Him? Not a joke. <laughs> oh, no. Not at all. It really isn't. The free agent pool is empty my friend and right now Mahimi's on the top of the list there there's a lot I mean Jordan Bell there I mean the the Knicks were just looking at you know they were just trying to choose between Todd Gibson and, and Tyson Chandler it it's bare right now it really is Hassan Whiteside right now with the Kings is getting no play right not getting any burn whatsoever and last year like you said, showed that he, obviously he he can stuff the stat sheet, right? When he gets the minutes, he's going to give you a double double. He's going to block about you know th- three or, you know three or four shots. Some nights more than that, which is wild. But you know, obviously we have concerns with him at the you know you know in pick and roll situations. We have you know concerns with just just him defensively overall outside of you know the blocks you know category. Will he, you know, would that be a, a, a good upgrade for the Wizards? I mean, yeah, why not? For, for me, shoot your shot. If, if you want to go get him, go out and get him. And and if you do, play him. I mean, and, and you know, don't glue him to the bench. I, a lot of guys are glued to the bench. And I saw that with D- Davis Bertans tonight. He, he went off in the first half. I mean, scored the majority of his points in the first half. The whole third quarter, I don't think he played once in the third quarter. I think he played a little bit in the fourth, and that that, that was about it. And it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, you, you, you know, like, but that that does seem like a, a way about Scott Brooks is that, you know, if you do really well in, in, in the first half, you don't start, right. you, you're not necessarily going to get minutes in the second half. That's just the way it is, and that's how he coaches. A guy like Hasan Whiteside coming in would add, I mean, a lot of it. I mean, it, it would it would 100% add excitement to, to this team why wouldn't it Hassan Whiteside? He's proven to be a great player in the league defensively, definitely has his flaws, but I mean, he's pretty box office. He's a funny guy. He's, he's big. He's great. He, 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 he's a, you know, he's, he's a good rim rim protector. He he can block shots. So we we'll see. I don't know if they're going to make that jump for him. Really? I, I don't know.
3: It's like, The best quality of Hassan Whiteside is he's not Robin Lopez, he's not Bo Wagner, and he's not Andres Pachesnik. Right. Like, he's better than those players. And if he's going to get thrust in a situation where you think he can be of value to you, which he's shown he can be. I mean, he got that massive contract from Miami for a reason. He had a breakout year there. And like you said, in Portland last year, he played some big minutes for them in the playoffs as well. He did. If he's going to do that and provide value, he's going to do it because he has some reason to be motivated. He's going to have players on the roster that keep him accountable. Russell Westbrook is that guy. You added him to the roster partially because he's going to hold players accountable, build culture around them. But Son Whiteside isn't going to have the time, nor the capacity to to kind of screw around when Russell Westbrook is in your ear, right? You added him for that reason. So I think that helps. A guy like Dwayne Dedman, I know the Wizards have had their eye on for a while. Uh, they tried signing him a few seasons ago. He ended up in Atlanta. Um, he's a big man who can space the floor a little bit. Not the box office sort of player that you mentioned with Hassan Whiteside, but you know what you're going to get in Dwayne Dedman. 6.6 rebounds. He'll shoot shoot 30% from three. Competent sort of veteran player. But like you said, if you're going to go with maybe uh, a player who you know what you're going to get from, a player who's who's um, already aware of the players on the roster, Jan Mahinmi also makes sense here. They, they they applied for the disabled players exception. They're going to get it four and a half million or close to it. So that would make sense. It's not like the players on the market would demand more money. Anyway, these are all veteran minimum players and and you could probably have them for less than that non-guaranteed deals or or whatever the case may be. But yeah, of those players, I think, look, if you're not going to play Troy Brown, if you think his time in Washington is going to end at some point, why not package him, get Hassan Whiteside in the second round pick, Maybe get Hassan Whiteside and Kyle Kyle Guy or something like that for Troy Brown, whatever whatever you need to do to kind of shape your roster around your needs because they need some wing shooting. You'll get that in Kyle Guy, and, right. you, and you need right. you need just a big player, and you get that in assigned signed Whiteside. It can't hurt. I don't know. Do you have any other ideas of right. what you think they could?
2: I think you made a great point about how the how if they do go out for a guy like Hassan Whiteside, this team would be a great team to hold him accountable for You said you mentioned Russ, right? Russ, you know he doesn't need anyone to speak for him; he'll hold everyone accountable. We we know his intensity. Did you? I don't know if you if you saw right after the second half ended, right after it ended, Rui he he settled for a jump shot. And missed it, and Brad got right right in his face, and you know told him to go down there and yam it next time, and just got right him. They're up thirty, you know, or you know twenty five, I think it was, and and you know Brad, he's still he he's not satisfied. He wants more. Like they're they're not complacent. I love that fire tonight, and I I love that you know he he he's holding people accountable like that. You know Rui, he's second year and stuff, and you know he he settled for a jump shot, but. It, that just tells me that the, the guys on this team, if they get a guy like Hassan White who whoever, I mean, everyone is going to hold each other, each other accountable. And I, I don't know how much more you can ask for out of a team like that. I love, I love seeing it. I love what I saw tonight from everyone. And Brad's a superstar. Brad's an absolute monster. And it's going to, if, if their, ref, if their record reflects the way it did last year in, in, in you know, you know, maybe with a few more wins like let's hope please please let's hope a few more wins than last year but if for some reason they don't make the playoffs this year and they're and they and and they have a bad record i really i really hope this does not reflect on on his individual accolades this man should be in the mvp conversation this man should be an all-star obviously this man needs to be on an all-nba roster and and if and if, he goes and if he goes this whole year averaging 35 or whatever he's going to, it's absolutely absurd. And he misses out on all this again. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He is the best scorer in the league by far. Everything I watch him do, he is, I mean, it's very ironic. He's a wizard with the basketball. Tonight, some of his combinations, he had some of his defenders lost when he was crossing up hitting those mid-range jumpers. It was beautiful. Everything I see him do with, he doesn't do much wrong on the offensive end, Ben. And and you know, and we know this, we've been watching him for for years. And I, it's going to kill me to see if this guy, if he's averaging around 35 points a game and he's still not on the All-Star team, he's still not on the All-NBA team. If he's not getting any, any MVP votes, that's a problem. And that's going to play a big role for him individually, I feel like you know, thinking about where he wants to go.
3: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned MVP, right? Before you get there, you got to win some player of the weeks. The guy averaged 50 points and didn't win player of the week. So this is the way the NBA operates. You can average 50 points over a week span, two games for Brad, and not win player of the week. This league does not reward individualism anymore, unless you're a guy like LeBron or Giannis, and at that level, that on po- that point, you're winning games anyway, so it doesn't matter. Unless you're winning games in the NBA, it's very hard to get individual accolades, and it is a very frustrating thing. And I think you're right. Um, for Brad to stick around, you're going to need wins, and with wins, it, you get individual accolades, you get the All NBAs, you get the All Stars, you get the Player of the Weeks consistently, and obviously, right now, it's trending in the same direction as it did last year because he's, like you said. He's, he's been, in my opinion, which is insane to say, he's in the running for most improved player. He has made such a leap from last year, which is crazy to say because he was second in league in points per game last right, year. Right. When he came into league, he was mostly a standstill shooter. Now the combinations you talked about, Drew Hanlon, the things he's done with Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum, the way they handle the ball, they are absolute wizards. You said it yourself. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, I haven't seen a player improve that much throughout the course of their careers as I have Bradley Beal. As I said, he came into the league as a catch-and-shoot shooter, and now there's not a play that he can't finish. The way he handles the his ball handling is, is amongst the best in the league. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely absurd. He puts guys on skates. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the league who can honestly stop him from getting 30. Yeah. If he drops 30 on you, it's a bad night. Right and if he drops 40 on you he had a decent night he can conceivably brought 60 on you which he did earlier i mean it's absolutely absurd and like you said it is it is super frustrating to see that he's putting up these ungodly numbers yet it hasn't really hasn't really gotten much love for it besides us and, and the a couple of thousand fans that watch the games every 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 other day no one really the league is watching the, the front offices are watching and they're chomping at the bit waiting for him to get frustrated And thankfully for the Wizards, he's not that sort of player. Because if he was, God, he'd be gone already.
2: Right. And he, like you said, he came into the league as a spot-up shooter. And what we see, I mean, the contact he takes, not only going to the rim, obviously, like, that, you know, his layup package is, is, I mean, it's unbelievable. But the contact he takes sometimes with his jump shots is just so crazy to me. And how... And how he's able to keep his shoulders so square to the hoop—it's just—it's so great. Everything that he really does is on such an elite level. And if he wins a scoring title this year, I mean, right now he's leading by what, like five whole points? Like, like I mean, it's—he's leading by a lot right now. If he wins a scoring title, if if he is averaging, you know, somewhere close to thirty-five. You know, seven and six, whatever he's averaging. And he gets nothing, nothing from n- no MVP votes, no all, you know, all, all you know, all star selection, no all NBA votes whatsoever. I know that he does not care about this when it comes in, you know, when we talk about in terms of winning and making the playoffs. But last year, he did say it bothered, you know, he did say it, it, it bothered him. It did, 100% it bothered him. When he, when he, when he was not selected for the all-star team, he was averaging over 30 points a game. Who would, why wouldn't you be bothered by that? It's, it's something that's, that's super frustrating for Wizards fans for, you know, for obviously him. And if it's two years in a row, this, I mean, I thought, I thought when Damian Lillard missed the, the all-star selection two years in a row, when he was averaging 25, you know, five and six, or, you know, 26, you know, f- you know, five and seven, those two years for, you know, Draymond Green, who whoever made the all-star team. I thought that that was a snub. If, if Bradley Beal misses the all-star game this year, that is an atrocity two years in a row missing the all-star game. When you are one of the all-star of all all-stars, I mean, in the East, he's a top two player in the East right now. Kyrie has not played much. Right now, in my mind, it's KD then him. That it, yeah, I mean, Giannis is probably I, you can't forget about Giannis. I'm but. not forgetting about Giannis at all. I'm well, not. You're not forgetting. But, but wow! I, I'm not forgetting about Giannis whatsoever. He's not there for me. He's not top two for me right now. No, just wow. no. I'm sorry. And for the for for you Giannis fans out there that that are you know upset and disgruntled, that's great. You know, he's he's super athletic. He's great he he's able to score within eight feet at, you know, an unbelievable rate besides that he can't, I'm sorry. Guy can't shoot, can hardly dribble. They play him wrong. They play him as like pretty much a point center. It's ridiculous. Bradley Beal is I'll take Bradley Beal over Giannis any day of the week. Sorry. Oh, wow. Sorry. Wow. That's not just because I cover the team at all. It's because he's a much more skilled basketball player. Like, it's just he's a much oh more skilled my. basketball player. I'm sorry. That's just that, that that's the truth. I'm gonna
3: plead the fifth and let you let you get attacked by the mobs of Bucks fans. I'm Go not ahead. chiming in here. Go ahead.
2: Go this ahead. A, you can't I'll, tell I'll me this. that Giannis is more skilled than Bradley Beal. I'll laugh. I'll just laugh. I'll say this.
3: Um, these statements represent the thoughts um and wishes of Anthony Cedadino and do not represent <laughs> Ben Madrid in any way, shape, or form. That's my disclaimer. Right. Look, I, I think. Um, I would probably respectfully disagree with you there, but I, I think the fact that you can make a case for that speaks volumes as to how great Bradley Beal is. And so you're, and, so you're saying I, I mean,
2: that you'd say Giannis? Giannis is the much better player than than Bradley Beal?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's much. Of a yeah, when
2: you want to throw like MVPs into it, that that's great too. I mean, you know, totally fine. MVPs, defensive it. player
3: of the year, right? He's one of the only guys you can switch one through five. Uh, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's regardless of a shooting, it's obviously bad. He's still extraordinarily yeah, I mean, but, dominant. But, you
2: know what? What has he really done in a playoff series?
3: I mean, I can say the same thing for Bradley Beal, though. You know what I mean?
2: And that's fine, but he was not the leader of any team, and he was not set up on a team that was, you know, that that had a certain sort of system to um, to propel them, you know, to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe the one year, you know, with John, they faced Boston, but you know, Giannis had a much better team around him. And I'm and 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 that's no takeaway to the Wizards on what they have been with Brad throughout his early days. But no, I'm sorry. No. Giannis had a much better team around him. He's not a, he's not more he's not more skilled than Bradley Beale whatsoever. And and this goes to to Hardin's comments, really, I think it was last year or the year before when talking about it. And and Giannis, he's such a great, great basketball player. He he is a great basketball player. He picked up a basketball when he was like 15 years old. He's really great at scoring. He's really great at rebounding and he's a good defender because he's that long, but skill wise, he can't dribble well in in the half court. He'll get eaten alive in a seven game series. And yes, let's bring, you know, I mean, let's bring up shooting throughout, you know, everywhere else besides the the paint where he's not shooting, where he's just dunking off transition, you know, And, and, and I get what he is and the freak that he is, but no, in my mind, Bradley Beal is a much better basketball player than Giannis. And that is by far, in my mind. Wow. Yeah, I
3: can't co-sign anything you're saying. I, I think, obviously, when you're when you're talking about skill, I think there's a degree um, with which you have to approach the conversation. No, no, I'll, no, I'll no, go, no,
2: no, you no. Know, it's skill. Skill. Skill is skill, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, athleticism I mean, is athleticism, right?
3: There's, sure, but there's plenty of players who are, like, Scalabica, bca who played for the portland trailblazers was equally as long as as Giannis, and he's out the league now you know what i mean out of porter but, but, then, as,
2: but as athletic though
3: but that's the thing what am i supposed to take away from the guy because he's a fuck <laughs> like he's a freak
2: I, and that's the thing i'm not taking anything away from Giannis at all he is an absolute freak and and i and i know that's you know you know that that's his nickname and but he's He's that great. He's a superstar. He's done something that only Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon have only done before. Yeah, MVP and an MVP. Yeah, you know you can't say it, it about him. But but Ben, you, Bradley Beal's not on a team where you can win in the MVP. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Put but, put Giannis on Detroit on, on, on the Detroit Pistons.
3: They're making the playoffs. He's that good.
2: No. Oh. Oh God. Oh my. He's that good. N- I'm so sorry. I'm so everyone listening out there. I'm so sorry. If, if Giannis was the only player on the Pistons right now, I mean, take away Blake Griffin. I mean, obviously like like that really was the case with, I mean, no, who Grant can you Redfield. say
3: that for? I mean, you put, you put LeBron James on the bad Lakers. They missed the playoffs. Like you can't put any single player on no, any LeBron bad James
2: roster. missed 20 games.
3: Sure, but they weren't making a playoffs. Say about, you can't say that about
2: LeBron. Say that about LeBron.
3: When has a bro, when no. has a single superstar led a team to the playoffs? That just doesn't. LeBron James. When? Every Cavalier team before the Heat. Yes, the that, the oh, league is much you know, different now, man. The league is much different now, man. It doesn't work that way. You can make the playoffs with Boobie Gibson in the past. That's that. that the league is you. Can, Boobie Gibson is not the NBA. Those types
2: of players are not in the league anymore. Dude, those same teams were were kicking the Wizards out when they had Gil.
3: Yes, because LeBron was that good, and the Wizards never played them
2: healthy. Exactly, LeBron healthy. was that good. Giannis is nowhere even close but that's another separate argument. You're, t- you're telling me, but, no, Giannis he, but is... no, you're saying that he is an automatic bid. Like he's not, he's not an automatic finals, like run, you know, like, of course I, he's I not
3: an automatic finals run. I mean, we, he showed that last year when they lost to Miami, but he lost. <laughs> yes. They, they didn't do the didn't wizards they barely won win. 20 they, games. They, so
2: they, like, you can't make this conversation. I, I, I'm not talk. I'm not talking about the wizard right now. I'm talking about Giannis. Yes. They did not only Bradley lose. Beal. Yes. I'm you're comparing to Bradley But
3: Where was Brad? He was at home.
2: <laughs> Is that, that and dude, that's completely fine. But I got—I'm guessing every NBA fan would agree with. I mean, let's compare teams. If you want to compare the Wizards to the Bucks last year, how, how many wins are the – I mean, really, the the, the Bucks last year were they, were they the one seed in the East? Yes. Oh, they the one seed in the East, and they looked like an eight seed.
3: Okay, but but you're you're telling me because his. His deficiencies, which you've mentioned, the inability to score on the perimeter, exactly. It's
2: it's so easy to just just hold him to how many dribbles he takes a possession. For it's not easy though, because he wouldn't any it's it's not easy. It's that easy because he is, I mean, it's not though. That's why he's that's why he's 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 never made made it to a finals, he's never made it to a finals
3: before. But that's not the measure for dominance,
2: a hundred thousand percent it is. And LeBron that has that, that has shown it. Throughout the past, like, what, 18 years? I and mean, LeBron has been so scrutinized his entire career. And the reason why he was not dominant is because he never made it to a finals. But now Giannis, he's won two MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's so dominant, but is getting scraped like a scrub against the Heat, like you're an eight seed. You won one game in overtime, you stole it. That was a gentleman's sweep. That was, that, that was absolutely ridiculous what I saw. Bradley Beal, you put Bradley Beal on a team like that with Chris Middleton, yeah, right. Goodbye. No way they're getting scraped like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hate on Giannis. I really don't. But there are huge flaws to his game. He is that great scoring the ball when you put him in position to score the ball. He is that great defensively because he can defend that many positions. But in a seven-game series, he will never win. He will never be in a position to win like that if he does not have a superstar next to him that can shoot the ball like Brad can. And Brad, in my in my mind, is I just think he's a better basketball player than Giannis. If, so is, if is anyone anyone else? What is Kyrie
3: Irving a better basketball player than Giannis? In my mind, yes. Yes. All right, all right, folks. Well, this is the Lockdown <laughs> Wizards podcast. Kyrie Irving is better than the MVP and defense player here, folks. You hear that? You hear from Anthony. We'll I mean, save a better this- basketball player. We'll save this rant from Anthony, and then we'll play it back when the Wizards play the Bucks on on January twenty second. And that's that
2: fine, fun. you know. Like you know. The, the books, they put him in position to, to average, you know, five, six assists a game because he brings the ball up 80% of, 80% of the game. We're, we're not talking about good basketball right now. We're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, who picked up a ball maybe, you know, what, like 10, 11 years ago. And that's fine. He's done amazing things. But when we're talking about basketball players, I mean, Bradley Beal has probably been playing since he, you know, the game since he was three or four years old. All I'm saying is that Bradley Beale is a more skilled player basketball player than Giannis Kyrie Irving is a more skilled basketball player than Giannis and so is James Harden all these guys truly are Giannis just has the physical attributes to be in a position where he is at right now and he's on a team right now that is in a position to win but obviously could not do so even with a guy like Chris Middleton and not even close not six games they, they, they not I mean they hardly made it five games And I know they were in the the Eastern conference finals with um, Toronto um, the year prior, but also got scraped by them too. I think they made it six games. Um, Giannis couldn't do much. It's very, and Kawhi also touched on that too after their finals run. It was very easy to control the amount of dribbles that it takes because he has the ball so much and he's not that great of a ball handler. He really isn't. It's just, you know, you know, take away the, the eight, you know, eight feet from the basket, and all his transition dunks. Really, when you get him into the, in, in, you know, into the half court, you you can, you know, if if a team throughout seven games can set out to do that, yeah, they can defend them well. They can, you know, control them. And the Heat proved that last year in five games. You know, the 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 Raptors proved that in six games a year prior. So. If, if, if people want to come at me, you know, scream at me saying, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know nothing about, you know, this and, and Giannis is, you know, the best player in the world then go ahead and keep laughing because I don't even, I, I I honestly like have a hard time finding him in my top five.
3: Well, there you have it, folks. Hassan Whiteside is going to be a Washington Wizards Uh, (laughs) starting center. Uh, wow. What a what a segment, folks. What an ending. Um, oh, my. I was going to ask Anthony for a hot take to end the podcast, but I think he <laughs> gave it us already. We have Utah coming up on Wednesday, Detroit. So this, the, the schedule is lessening up and then we'll we'll cap it off before uh, we have a road trip coming up and it starts in Milwaukee, ironically. Actually, I think it starts in, in Charlotte, but we'll disregard that folks anthony you got anything else before we sign off here
2: dc we love you we appreciate you we can't wait to rock with you tomorrow have a good a great rest of your night all right guys take care
1: you are locked on wizards your daily washington wizards podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day A prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music